We have been uh, speaking these last couple of weeks on the ministry of the Holy Spirit in giving us grace. Uh, Grace through uh, the Lord's Supper, uh, grace uh, through baptism. And we're turning to another G today, from grace to gifts, and we'll actually be speaking about this for a couple of weeks. Uh, Today, the gift that he gives for us to speak and speak his words in a meaningful and effective way to one another next week to be able to serve him. And both of these uh, uh, concepts of speaking and serving are, are really contained uh, in First Peter chapter 4. And I invite you to turn with me to that passage as we read verses 7 through um, 11, uh, which will also be our text next week as we consider serving next week. This is God's beautiful word. Let us hear. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion um, forever and ever. Amen. God's holy word. The gifts that God has given to you out of his buried grace, the gifts that God has given to you um, are for you to use for his glory. Uh, This is not, however, going to be a gift assessment sermon for you to identify exactly which gifts you have. It is instead for us to consider what is the fuel that enables us, that that causes us to want to give God's word to others. Not various gifts, but the fuel that drives the gift. This is the shortest of all the texts in the New Testament that relate to the subject of the spirit gifts to the church. It's just a couple of verses long, and it only describes and names two gifts, that of speaking and that of serving. The extent to which you speak Speak the words of God as you serve in all the varied capacities, serve with the strength that God provides. At the beginning of this text, there is a sense of urgency. The last days are upon us. Concentrate your minds and hearts, therefore, on prayer. The end of all things is at hand. Be self-controlled and sober-minded. Be people of prayer. There's an urgency here. And there's also an an earnestness to his call to love. Um, Keep loving one another earnestly. Above all things, keep doing this. We will sin against each other, but we must, as the Apostle says, cover in love so that we continue to give gifts to each other. Gifts of speech, gifts of service. And then strangely, right in, well, not so strangely, but right in the middle of this context, there is a call to be hospitable. 
And there is the sense then that using your gifts can well be done, if not best be done, in your own home or at Starbucks when you're relating to someone on a more personal level. You're serving, you're speaking. And doing so, notice, without grumbling. The Spirit has gifted each of you to make, by the power of God and by the grace of God, to make a significant impact on the lives of other people. God has given you gifts to be impactful, as they say today, in the lives of others. If you are speaking, use God's words and not just your own. If you are serving, it is by God's strength and not just by our puny easily discouraged, easily deflected strengths. Now, some are called to preach. Some are ordained to preach. Some are called to teach in very official ways as pastors and teachers in the church. That is not what is primarily in view here because, again, Peter says, each of you is given a gift, some to speak, some to serve, and it includes each of you as well as myself, but each of you as well. We are all called to speak. We are all called to speak. There is not a more lovely passage about the nature of our relationships and our duties and responsibilities in the church than Ephesians uh, chapter 4, where the Lord says that through, through Paul that he gives gifts to some pastors, teachers, evangelists to train up the body so that the body is able to equip one another. And we see that clearly. There is great, I don't want to get into it, but there's great uh, disagreement about the nature of this, uh, of, of these early verses in verse 12. But listen, the effect is the same in either case. Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow as it builds itself up in love. Builds itself up by the power of the Holy Spirit, speaking the truth in love. I think we know this. I think we know it. I think we know it in theory, but it's hard to do. Sometimes it is very hard to talk to one another about spiritual things. Sometimes we lose confidence to be able to do so. And then we can slip easily back into empty platitudes. uh, Oh, things will work out all right. And, And that can be the substance of our counsel and advice and service when the Lord is calling us to speak of something in a more substantial way than, than that from our lips. My purpose this morning in the, is this, sort of blending Psalm 138 and, and the text here, is that we would exalt God's word by taking it in so that we can give it out. We cannot give it out if it's not inside of us in a way that is meaningfully expressed to others. Why do so many Christians fail to regularly read, mark, learn God's Word? 
Why is that? And why do so many who do regularly read God's Word drift into what, what we might call dutiful reading without necessarily being stirred or changed or having a heart exalted to glorify God? Why is that? I'm not seeking to, to be critical today. This is an observed phenomenon that I, I, I observed. And we need, we need to look carefully. What is the fuel in our own hearts that enables us to be able to speak God's word? Must it, it must be this indwelling, exalting of the word of God. So, exalt God's word. This is the stunning part of it. Exalt God's word uh, because he does. We need to exalt God's word because he does. Look, look with me at, at the Psalm 138. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name. For your steadfast love and faithfulness, your faithfulness, for you have exalted above all things your name and your word. God has exalted over everything. His own name and his own word. Seems to me the thing that kind of closes up our mouths sometimes when we we know we should be saying something sensitive and spiritual and helpful to someone else. We need, we need to exalt God's word. L- listen to these. I'm, I'm going to read several sections from the Psalms that describe the close connection between God himself and his word. To say one is to say the other. And they are exalted because God is exalted. Treat the word. Exalt God's word because he does. Treat it like you should treat God himself. Do you hear what I'm saying? Treat God's word like you should treat God himself. Um, The word is upright, one psalm psalm says. He He does all things in faithfulness. The word is upright. God himself is faithful. The word is powerful. Because he, it is evidence, because he, by his word, made the heavens and the earth. The word heals. Why? Because God is the healer. Only God does this. The word gives hope. Because hope is in the God who speaks. How many of us have experienced this from Psalm 119, 147? I rise before the dawn to cry for help. I hope in your words. I cry to help to God, and I hope in His words. I wait for the Lord. I wait for the Lord, but it's in His word that I hope. The word is sweet to the taste and sweeter than honey because God is. The word is precious and valuable. It's like finding a great spoil, the spoils of war, because we have found God Himself. I praise, I praise God's word. It's in God that I trust. 
Psalm 56. So the word is upright and powerful. It heals. It gives hope. It is sweet to the taste. It is precious because God is. He speaks so that you can know him. To exalt in God's word is to exalt in God. To neglect his word is to neglect God. Now, we want at the same time, especially in this series on the Holy Spirit, we would do it in any case, but we exalt both the Spirit and the Word. We exalt the Word and the Spirit. And we have an enemy. Why this is so important, we have an enemy who deceives us. We have an enemy who reminds us of our failures. We have an enemy that will discourage us from opening God's Word. That we feel like we don't have the Spirit we're only going to fail again, and so we lose confidence even in, even in opening up the Scriptures. Why set yourself up to fail again? There will be standards that you will read about that you will not be able to keep. Why set yourself up for that? Just limp off to start your day. Well, we can do better than that. Not a great way to live. Out of guilt... We avoid, at times, the very help that we need. I want, to, I want you to imagine that you're uh, overseas somewhere and you're, you have a, a special relationship with someone here, and you, someone in the States, and you, you've been separated for a long time, and, and you get a letter, and you sort of look at it with suspicion. She's probably breaking up with me. She's probably disturbed with something I said in an earlier letter. I don't really even deserve a relationship with this person. And so you just set the letter on the dresser and let it collect dust. The Spirit breathes these words to us because He loves us and He wants us to receive the nourishment and the mercy and help that he is revealing to us. He provides that hope. The Spirit in the Word shows in the language of Psalm 138 God's steadfast love and faithfulness pointing us to Jesus. So Word and Spirit melted together, blended together. The Spirit giving life to the Word, the life the Word itself, the language and the words of the Spirit. And so we again entreat the Spirit's help even for us to treasure God's Word. And we must, I must allow for the possibility that we don't naturally do that. We don't naturally treasure God's Word. Our hearts can, can easily move towards coolness and self-sufficiency. And so we, we pray for the Spirit to help us treasure the Word of God. And we expect, therefore, the Spirit to breathe life into our hearts so that God, God's Word delights us. Your words were found. This is recorded in Jeremiah. Your words were found and I ate them. Your words became to me a joy and the delight of my heart. You've been there. Nothing better than for God's Word to be a joy and a delight to our heart. 
And we have come then to treasure God's final word, God's lasting word, the eternal word, which is the living word of the Lord Jesus Christ as a full reflection of God in all his glory. For Jesus is your ever-present word become flesh. He's come to us, and it is in him that we see the glory of God, and he is full of grace and truth. And so we pray, Lord God, let me see, enlighten the eyes of my heart, enlarge my heart, uh, enlarge my heart to see and to treasure Jesus as the word of God. That's why we exalt the word, all right? That's why we exalt God's word, because he does. And now we're going to try to get as practical as we can in many ways to point out, all right, God exalts his word. He loves it because it reflects his truth so beautifully in many, many different ways. And so I want to wrap up with two things. Encouragement. The expectation that you would take God's word in so that you may give God's word out. Very simple. Take it in so you can give it out. Not to hold it or to clutch it, but your gifts of speech as well as servant are for others. Take it in so that you can give it out. Embrace your calling then, first of all. Take in the basic principles of the oracles of God. Drink in the word like milk. Exalt the word. Make time for it. It is an op- it is your open your love letter and pray that the Spirit would show you the beauty of God from His Word. Embrace your calling. I want to make it very simple. My counsel to you, if you are having a difficult time staying in the Word regularly, would be this. Take a psalm a day or even a portion of a psalm And don't move on to the next one for quite a while. Stay on it. Read it. Soak it in. See the flow of the psalm. See how the Spirit is driving it into your heart to address felt needs that you have. Real needs that you have. As one guy, he led me and led us in prayer 40 years ago, and I remember it to this day. Camp out. Let us camp out in the psalm. Camp out. Set up your tent. Take it in. Milk it. Read it. Think about it. Meditate on it. Let it, for the goal that it would get into you. The goal is not just to read it, but that it gets into you. Take a psalm a day, and I would also say, take a chunk, even a small chunk of the Gospels. The Psalms help you pray. The Gospels help you marvel. They help you marvel because you see the glory of God in Jesus. Notice how he is drawn to sinners. Notice how he's repelled to the self-righteous and how easily we slip into that problem. But he's drawn to the lowly and to the sinner. Embrace your calling. Our second daughter said that one of the great gifts that she received growing up was having a bedroom right beneath the chair where Gail had her, her, her Bible time each morning. She would get up at 5.30 or 6, I don't know when it was, and she would go right there. 
um, and she'd sit down, and Chaz, our little four-legged friend, would come and lie down next to her. And he, Chaz was very comforted by being there next to Gail, so he just sat there for 45 minutes and thumped his, his tail like that. That's about six feet above Jackie's head. And so she woke up hearing that thump every day, and it didn't aggravate her as far as I know. It encouraged her. Mom's plugging into Jesus. Mom is exalting God's word. Embrace your calling. Be intentional. Husbands, Jesus cleanses his bride by washing her with the water of the word. Jesus cleanses the church, the bride. We're part of that, that large body, the church. He washes us with the water of his word. Are you submitting to his bath? Are you submitting to his bath? Are you saying, Spirit, wash me deep down. Give me the sensitivity as I read through Ursinus' prayer. How does this describe me? Where does it describe me? I need to be in touch with the truth of your word through the power of the Spirit so that I can be set free. That I might see behold Jesus and be set free. Shine deeply, shine into my deeply held, or Sinus' phrase, internal blindness. Shed your light into that eternal, internal blindness. How else, my dear male friends <laughs> who are husbands, how else will you be able to lead her with integrity? Parents in general. Uh, take this word in so that you have it to share with your family. This is not just my idea that sort of makes for a, a decent sermon outline. Deuteronomy 6 says, the, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and might. And then he says, These words I command you today shall be on your heart. They're not just my words that I speak, but they're also internal to you. They're on your heart. And his next words are then, teach your children. But have them on your heart. Are God's words on your heart? Are they changing you? Are they taming your temper? Are they waking you up from spiritual sleep? If not, what do you have to give your children? I can think of nothing more destructive than, than to, to have no sign of the Spirit in your life. And to be given over to, to, to passions and just all, all kinds of unpleasant expressions. And then to open the Bible and to teach it like you're like you can actually see God. So take that word in. Submit to the Spirit's bathing. 
be intentional about taking this word in as a single or, or an em- a single person or as an empty nester or a busy mom, lots of different categories here, as a child, exalting God's da- word daily. Children, it is good for you to be fed by your parents, but exalt in God's word yourself. Ask me, ask your parents for help and how to get started in some, some, some small little studies that can, that can help you in God's Word. Find a way that you can consistently feed. And don't give in to excuse, excuses. Find ways to soak in God's Word every day. I find for me, I find for me that putting, putting a, a text on a, on a three by five card and, and, and putting it like Wednesday, have, have two or three, and have Thursday, have two or three, and so forth. And, and, and as part, mixed in with my prayers for you, I see your faces every week and pray for you. There's also a, a verse there that, that, that fuels my heart that the Spirit is at work. Children, you can do the same thing. You put a text on a, on a, on a three by five card, and then you look at it, you stick it by your bed. People who are going to work, you stick it on your, your, your uh, windshield or whatever you need to do to get it in your face. And then, you, and then you, you soak that in. Change me. Change me. I have stored up your word in my heart, the psalmist says, that I may not sin against you. Get the word in. Take God's word in. Exalt in God's word by taking it in. Exalting God's word by taking it in so that you can give God's word out. Think about your family now, husbands now. Um, Do you regularly cleanse your wife with the word of God? Do you regularly cleanse her with God's word? Do you nourish her? I hope you say things that are kind to her. Appreciated that meal. You look nice today. Those are important comments, I would say. (laughs) But you also nourish her with God's word, with Jesus' words. We, We simply cannot excuse ourselves as if we didn't have time or as if she wouldn't listen or we don't know what to say. You cannot use that as an excuse as an excuse and and I implore you if you have not dealt in your family in this way do not just roll out your Bible some night and say I'm going to start teaching no a little more a little more humility would would go a long way you start by 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 confessing to God that I have not nourished my wife with I have not exalted your word by nourishing my wife start with that I have not cared for her or loved her by giving her your word. Forgive me, Lord. And then you make that same prayer to her, you make that same comment to her. Forgive me for my fear of man, for my dullness of heart, for my slowness of heart. Forgive me for not loving you deeply. Please, help me get this thing started. What you will find, gentlemen, 
what you will find is that if you are taking God's Word in, the Spirit will lead you in giving it out. And what I have found, and I think the reason the Lord called me into the ministry is because I need to do this every day. Be humble before God and cry out to Him for help and mercy and grace to be able to fulfill my responsibilities. And what I have found time and time again, that as you, the Spirit will lead you in giving out the Word. You don't have to form words in advance necessarily. The Spirit will lead you. The car almost drives itself, but it certainly can't drive without fuel. Uh, Fathers, um, as heads of household, this does again start with you. Take in God's Word so that you can give it out. Remember these words from Deuteronomy 6. These words shall be on your heart. And then immediately... You're able to teach them, your children, diligently. Teach your children diligently. It is your duty to feed your family. You would not dream of withholding food or clothing from them. And I shudder to think that in some some of the families of believing people, we may be, we may be raising spiritual skeletons. Now, one of the things I love to do when I'm eating a nice big dinner, call, let's call it beef stew. I, I love to, 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 to get a nice chunk of wheat bread, warmed still is, is, is best, and, and then sop up the rest of the inside of the bowl. Can you hear what I'm saying? Sop up every drop. Scrape it. Collect all that good stuff and make sure that you don't lose any of it. No, none of it goes down the drain. It all goes... Right here. Have you ever sopped things before? Have you ever done that? Amen. And why do I say this? Because as you lead your family in worship, practice sopping. Practice sopping. What I mean is simply this. Uh, you look for three things when you open up the text with them. You look, among other, you look for these three things. The first one starts with S. Do you see where we're going? The first one starts with S, and that is, is there a sin to confess? Is there a sin to confess? Don't just be defeated by it. Don't just give up. Uh, but, but you say, Spirit, give me the grace so that I may, so that I may see my evil and turn from it. That, that's, as parents, you're looking, you're teaching your children how to read God's Word. The first one of the, it makes for a nice little acronym here, okay? You're, you're identifying sins that need to be confessed. It is very important, fathers and mothers, that you do not point out your children's sins that they need to confess. Not at that moment. Let the Spirit do His work. What do you sense the Lord is calling you to confess would be a great question to ask at that point. The second thing is, is stop, S-O-P. The second thing is, is obey. Um, ask your kids. Your goal here is to have your children interact with God's Word and even talk it back to you. You're getting them to have God's Word in them so they speak it back to you. Is, is, um, is there a command to obey or an example to follow? A command to obey or an example to follow? You, you always then, 
um, have as part of your prayer and part of your encouragement, seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. God's law is higher than we can do in our flesh. We need the Spirit's help. Seek the Lord and his strength and seek his presence continually. And the third thing, S-O-P, is there a promise to claim God's mercy, God's care. Do not push away from the table without claiming forgiveness. Do not push away from your quiet time yourself, from your family worship. Do not end things until you have embraced together the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are teaching that every worship service we have. We, we hear the Word of God. We have a prayer of confession, but we always have an assurance of pardon. I remember my, my dear brother Ryan Elwell said in a Radiate meeting, probably 15 years, I don't know, could have been 15. I've only been here for 14. Um, probably 10, 12 years ago. What is your favorite, we asked Radiate, what is your favorite part of the worship service? And he wasn't the only one who said the affirmation or the assurance of pardon. The assurance of, to hear it stated, it is finished. You have God's mercy and steadfast love. Well, how about in the church? Um, how about in the church? Um, is there anyone to whom you are speaking God's words? Anyone to whom, in a, in, a, in, a, in a group situation, a personal situation, a relationship that exists out of the church? I hear, I hear... There's an amazing woman in our church, who I'm not going to name her because I didn't ask if I could, but there's this amazing woman in our church who just has people over at her house. People who might be on the fringe. And just, and just they have lunch, they have dinner, and she just, how you doing? What's happening? How can I pray for you? It is, it is so cool. But we, every one of us, should have, I think the Bible teaches us, if we were to build up the body, each one of us should have someone that we are speaking God's truth to and hearing from God uh, of his word. Is there anyone with whom you are um, receiving grace from the Lord by word and spirit? A relationship in which you are exalting God together. Um, this, this does require a measure of patience um, and dependence upon the Holy Spirit. There is much uh, to be gained from listening well before speaking. Listening well and under, seeking to understand the heart of the brother or sister you're speaking to, and then, and then seeking the right medicine. But the amazing thing is, Paul, I would appreciate if you would, if you would put up on the screen Psalm 73. I was, um, I was uh, min- serving, uh, discipling a, a young man recently and dealing with, uh, dealing with the problem of envy, and we, we came across this psalm, and, and uh, we, we focused on verses 23 to 26, and can we, do we have that, brother? No. No? Okay, well then I'll read it. Psalm 73. Um, these are, I, I trust, familiar to many of you. Um, but, but 
the, the idea of, of, of finding, and, and this fits not just for envy, this fits for, this fits for a host of other maladies like insecurity or hopelessness or coveting or anxiety or spiritual drift or apathy. It just fits so many. And so we focus together on God's word. Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. And afterward, you will receive me to glory. Whom have I in heaven but you? And my earth, my, my soul uh, has, and there's nothing on earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And even as I share these words with this dear brother, Who's being ministered to? It's me too. It's me too. You see, when you get God's word on your heart, you, you naturally give it away. Uh, our, our growth groups are, are, are training grounds for, really, for Ephesians 4 living. And they're in, our, in our groups, we, we teach people. And Harry, Harry wrote a neat little letter. I don't know if you saw it, but it's a letter that... Just, I asked him to do it. Okay, he didn't just volunteer that. To let people know, he'll be voting on him as an elder next month, and to let people know something of the work of God in his life. And he describes how, how his heart is, is just thrilled by that meeting with other brothers and sisters and getting into God's Word and praying for each other. And, and, and so it is, a, it is one way in which you can do what we prayed earlier, to read, to mark, to learn the Word of God together. It is a wonderful thing to hear insights that another one has. You get to know people in ways that you simply wouldn't know as we meet together here corporately because we are speaking God's words to one another. And then always, always, I do myself and I encourage other group leaders to ask the hard question after you have looked at the Word. What is the Holy Spirit calling you to do as a result of this text this week? What is the Holy Spirit calling you to do with this at this time, this week? Brothers and sisters, this is exalting God's Word. It's, it's allowing God's Word to live in you and then to spill out of you to impact the lives of people around you. I pray for the ministry of the Spirit but to attend the preaching of the Word from the pulpit to be engaging people as we meet together in groups of various kinds or as we meet one another for coffee or as we have people in our homes that we would all together be exalting the Lord exalting the word of the Lord let's, let's pray Father in heaven Father we love to call you Father because we need words of healing and truth, encouragement and direction. And we pray, Lord, for um, each uh, member in this congregation, each person here today. We pray for families. We pray for relationships between parents and children. We pray for, for siblings as they hang out together in their own homes, that, that there would be a, a hunger, there would be a growing, exalting of your word a growing, exalting of your word. We pray that you would grant us, Lord, to be able to prayerfully speak your word to one another as well as to those outside the church. Thank you, Holy Spirit.
In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.